The future is a hefty responsibility and not one that we take lightly. But then taking things lightly has never been what hefty is about. That's why we've created the Hefty Renew program that turns hard to recycle plastics into valuable resources like park benches and building materials. To participate, simply fill up an orange Hefty Renew bag with accepted items, tie it up, and drop it in with your regular recycling. That's it. It's that easy. It's time to rethink recycling with Renew. Particular valued resources may vary by geography. More info available at heftyrenew.com. It's lunchtime at Tim Hortons, and we're serving up a special deal just for you. Our new $5.99 lunch deal includes your choice of any lunch sandwich and a side of crunchy kettle chips. Because what's lunch without a little crunch? And the sandwich choice is all yours. Like a ham and Swiss, Chipotle chicken wrap, BLT, and more. Made to order just the way you like it. Tim Hortons' new lunch deal. Simple, delicious, and just $5.99. Now that's a good deal. Only at your neighborhood Tim's. U.S. only. Price and participation vary. Terms apply. Middle call! All right, big day today on the Haberman and Middlecoff podcast. What's up, everybody? If you're watching on YouTube, hit that like button, subscribe to our channel. We appreciate that very much. Fight on for Odyssey. Fight on for victory. Did you Google that? that no, I'm just, God, I mean, I've been following the program for uh, you know a couple decades now. We tweeted last uh, week that uh, posted on social that the Lincoln Riley was joining us, which is what this is. And I got some Fresno State people in my timeline very upset. So, uh, well, tell know, Jeff, we, we got an open invite to old Jeff, Ted, Jeffrey Tedford. Yeah. <laughs> We've had Hanner on. Let's get Jeff on. I like that idea. Uh, if you listen to this podcast, get in the mailbag, five star review on Apple Podcasts. We appreciate that. Uh, that helps up the pod and uh, it helps us make content as well with the, uh, with the mailbag. So, thank you for your participation in that. Yep. Very, very, very exciting. Share this podcast, share it with your friends, share it with your enemies. Uh, I don't know, just, you know, one of the bigger, I, I mean, I, I would say when you just say Lincoln Riley, you put him top 10 football coaches, college pro in the country right now. I think he's viewed right as one of the smartest coaches for sure. I'm talking from just a name recognition standpoint. Yeah. Top 10. Re- I agree with that without even thinking through the list. I agree. I mean, he's obviously, been the, I would say he he vaulted it with this move. Right? He's been one of the biggest sports stories of 2022, really, of this year. He's been rumored. I mean, and he's shot it down every time. I mean, to be a Cowboys head coach for like three straight years. Right. I remember one time Stephen Jones kid was like on a recruiting visit to Oklahoma. And they're like, this is it. He's this is inside job. It was like, no, the guy's just 17. He just wants to check out Oklahoma. <laughs> What's Lincoln supposed to say? No, Stephen, you're not allowed to bring your son in my program. <laughs> we uh, we're very excited to have Lincoln Riley on the show today. We are big deal, um, guy. Big yeah, we, deal. We caught up with him before he had to uh, bounce to uh, go run a football camp, and I got some perspective on his team, on him, on uh, Caleb Williams, on Jordan Addison. Uh, it's a critical year for uh, West Coast football, which we rep, so we need SC. And uh, I got to tell you, I'm feeling pretty good about the Trojans. We need them, guy. We are uh, we're in desperate need. Kyle Whittingham's done everything he can do. He's been like a Justin Thomas Rory. He's been he's given it all. Yep. Uh, Mario had a decent run. Then he said, "I'm out." We'll see what Dan Lanning's got. I, we know for a fact this guy can coach. That's the thing, right? I mean, this guy is a. It was like when Washington got Chris Peterson. Like the evidence is clear. Like I mean, this guy, he's he's a head coach. You know, there's no. You know, he's been the best coordinator in college football forever. Like this is no. It's this is the real deal at a program that kind of matters, right? Oklahoma or USC? 
both, but Oklahoma's been sweet. Like USC yeah. needs them. Needs them. <laughs> needs them bad. All right, everybody. Here we go. Here is uh, our conversation with Lincoln Riley. As we're looking at him, sun coming through the window. Lincoln, we were just talking. We were scrolling your Twitter feed. It's nothing but I got beach. I got sunset. I got golden hour sunset over the Coliseum. I got sunset with uh, Matt Liner. I got fireworks. I got classic Cadillac beach. Looks like uh, another sunny day, maybe in your backyard. Looks. I know social media isn't everything, but life looks pretty good. Just another weekend in Southern California. <laughs> yeah, it's uh, that's pretty cool. Pretty cool that experiences for all of us here. It's uh, it's been fun. To, it's been fun for this to be the new norm. Does it does it get old waking up to the Pacific Ocean yet? <laughs> not not yet. Not yet. I'm still uh still waiting for that day. I don't think that day's coming. So now it's uh yeah, still it's still a dream to be out here. I'd imagine for the traffic, you know, the coaching hours you might somewhat able to avoid it a little bit, but I'm sure every once in a while you run into that bad boy on the four oh five, right? Not bad. We're mostly on the one ten and the, the fast pass is a uh, lifesaver. Okay. So yeah, it's uh it's no not not bad. We don't we don't deal with traffic much. So yeah, we we zoom in and zoom out. We just saw the uh, – I've a few of the clips this week have been around from Father's Day at, uh, at not Staples, Crypto.com Arena. That looked like a pretty cool event. Was that just recruits' dads? Was that uh, players on your roster's dads? What was what was that event? Yeah, we had a, we had a recruiting event there uh, Sunday morning, Father's Day morning. So we were um, – obviously the bus family has some great connections to, to our university and – they were kind enough to let us uh, host an event there. So pretty cool to be able to go a mile and a half from our campus and be in one of the most iconic sports venues that there is. So we had uh, yeah, we had a really cool time. Pretty pretty good way to celebrate Father's Day. Yeah, it doesn't suck. It, it seems like a lot's been made over the years of the Pac-12 losing a lot of guys from California, specifically from the fruitful area of Southern California. Uh, I would imagine you're finding – I know you haven't been – at USC too long and uh, just had one recruiting class, but you've been recruiting the West coast for a while as a head coach. Have you uh, seen the benefits so far, but the potential benefits moving forward of having the, uh, having the small radius of guys basically everywhere in your backyard. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. I mean, it's just, uh, there's so many advantages. I mean, one, the majority of these guys all grew up watching USC and all grew up USC fans and wanting to, you know, kind of dreaming of someday getting a chance to be a part of this program. Um, so I think you have kind of the sentimental side, the the connection side to all the people here. Um, yeah, obviously the availability, the opportunity to get guys on campus often, uh, the how easy it is for our staff to uh, get out and see these guys during the recruiting periods. I mean, it's just uh, it, it's a huge advantage, and um, but it's one that you know we have to do a great job with. We've got to. You know, we we know what we have here. Most people either know or are learning kind of what we have here, but we've got to go do a great job with it um, because I think when you do that, um, USC becomes very very tough to say no to, especially for um, those kids in the state of California. I remember, and John and I have talked about this, Coach, being struck a few years ago. I interviewed uh, a linebacker from Washington State who played for Mike Leach, named Jihad Woods, who's from Helix High School, where Reggie went to high school, and. I was blown away. This is like, you know, 2019. And these guys still think of Reggie Bush the way that, you know, they didn't, they weren't, they weren't 10 years old when Reggie right. Bush was playing at USC. 
Uh, they don't remember those games. You were just, you know, you were just out of college. Uh, for a lot of us, like that was college football prime. Why does Reggie, these high school kids that you talk to who, you know, this is 2022, like they were born, but does Reggie resonate with, with them still in a way that that most guys wouldn't. I I think Reggie does. I think the combination of, of obviously the kind of player that Reggie was, but then also doing it in this setting, I think absolutely still resonates with people. Um, We had, uh, fortunate enough to have several of our, our greats back this weekend. And yeah, you can just see the the power of these guys. And these guys would have done well a lot of places, but the combination of them and this university, this city, this football program really put it over the top and, and took these guys from just becoming great players to really being kind of iconic names in our sport. And um, so, yeah, it absolutely still resonates. And, and uh, you know, so I think it, that's why there's a lot of excitement right now is, you know, people want to have that feeling again. Well, one thing is is Reggie and Matt, obviously they're legends of your program, but they now have a platform on television. And when, when you got the job, and specifically Matt, I know Guy mentioned the picture he took, and he's been around a lot. He still lives in Southern California. It has to mean a lot for you how outspoken he's been specifically in, in the support he's shown you in this transition coming to USC. 100%. Matt's been – uh, incredibly supportive really the whole way through we got to know each other uh once he got into the media and he came down a couple of times to interview us before games and and it was fun getting to know him then and yeah, you can tell how passionate he is about this place and, and so many others i mean the ronnie lots the marcus allens the anthony Munozes, i mean lindell whites i mean all on down the line so many sean cody's i mean just 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 the list goes on and on and on and on and and all of these guys have been so, so supportive and honestly, honestly, probably more than I even could have imagined. And I just think it shows you one, how much they care about this place, how much this place was a part of their success and how invested they are in um, kind of the, the resurgence of it. And so, yeah, just to be able to meet those guys, spend time with them, talk with them about their experiences and, and I think them be so optimistic about what we're doing right now. Uh, has has absolutely been a great thing. Where were you? Do you remember watching the 2006 Rose Bowl, January 4th? You guys at Texas Tech had just played Alabama, I think, a couple of days before. Maybe the college football game, but greatest of all time. You you had played Texas that year, obviously. Do you remember watching that game? Where were you? Absolutely. Yeah, I remember watching it at home, and I remember thinking it was one of the greatest football games I'd ever seen. And and again, it's it's not just the game and the two teams, but it's it's the setting, you know, and it's the – you know, it just everything about it lined up to be really, really iconic and game lived up to it. And those are the type of games that USC should be in, in my opinion. Keith Jackson's last game, too. Mm, even better. But what a way greatest to go out. Time, huh? Yeah. You know, one thing I remember when I was scouting and I first went to Heritage Hall and you walk in and those Heisman trophies are there. And I just remember thinking it was a really powerful, that feeling of walking in there. And, and the building, I think, where you're sitting now had just gotten built. But is that, you know, you come from a, a place that's obviously has similar backgrounds, a powerful place, the, the recruiting advantage and just the power of for parents and just just you as a football guy at heart. Like, I mean, you've you've led a pretty good football life. I mean, Oklahoma, now USC, I know it hasn't really started yet, but sometimes you got to just I mean, you're a year older than us, got to pitch yourself every once in a while. Like this is this is pretty special. Oh, no, absolutely. I mean, yeah, it's a. I think at 38 would have had a chance to work at some of the places I have, be around some of the people that I have is 
has been remarkable. And then, yeah, like you said, getting the chance to work at two of the best college football programs of all time. Um, you know, Oklahoma was, was fabulous, has been fabulous, will always be fabulous, will continue to be fabulous. It's a, it's a tremendous place, and it's uh, was very, very fortunate to, to get the opportunity I had and to have the time that we did there. And, and then, yeah, obviously feel incredibly fortunate to – to get this chance here at USC, I just think it's such a unique time and and the sports history and specifically a very unique time and unique opportunity that exists here. And I feel like we've got everything that we need to um, to make that happen and make the make the, the climb that we all believe we can. So it's uh, that nod. You, you get you kind of get in the middle of this day to day and you're grinding and you're focused on the next day and the next task and it, they just kind of keep coming, but. Now you do at times when you get a chance to sit back. It's cool to think about the the great opportunities that, that we've all been able to have. You know, we John's had a line for years that I thought was good. And when we talk about like NFL free agency, that football, it's not often plug and play. Um, but acclimating quarterbacks really quickly has been one of the things that you've done that's made your programs elite. From Baker, the Heisman, Kyler, and then Jalen Hurts finished. I mean, almost three straight Heismans, right? And obviously this year you are melding a lot with 20 transfer portal guys plus some really talented freshmen coming in. So I, I know you've been asked a lot, like how quickly can it come together? I, I think the, the question is from your perspective right now in late June, like what are the things right now that stand in the way of having it be the full big picture that you want it to be this year? Do you feel like, I mean, your offensive line, I think, seems like it's pretty set. I mean, going into the fall, I know there's still a lot to be decided, but it seems like you've plugged a lot of a lot of the spots that you'd want to plug in a variety of ways. So do you see anything at this point in time that stands in the way of you having it hit the ground running? Oh, there's a lot that stands in the way. It's just going to be our willingness to, to you know, push through it. Um, you know, it doesn't matter to me. It does matter. But even if you return all 11 starters and they're all fourth-year seniors, they're still – each year is kind of its own battle. And – you got to come together. You got to play great ball at the right time. There's always going to be things that you have to have to overcome and, and to, to play great football. And yeah, I mean, I think the obvious ones for us are, are getting players acclimated to both culture, uh, new systems, schemes, fundamentals, kind of all of that. Which I, I think we're, you know, I think we're. I feel excited about the direction we have. Um, I, I was very pleased with the work this spring, the buy-in from the football team. And then excited about several of the newcomers that weren't here for spring that we've been able to to plug into the program now. Um, but there's just still so much work to be done. Um, you know, we have to have an elite summer. We have to have a tremendous training camp. Um, you know, when you do have as much new as we've had, the the challenges of getting everybody on the same page um, and working through a lot of those kinks before you before you go play somebody else are are obviously critical. So. Um, yeah, I don't. I don't see anything standing in the way that we can't overcome. But at the same time, like we we actually have to do it, right? Just talking about it or just bringing in some new coaches or new players doesn't get that done. It it, it helps set you up and give you opportunities, but then you know it'll be up to us to capitalize on those. We'd spent so much time, and I, I'm sure you have been asked so much about the players and the transfers. But how about you specifically as a coordinator? You spent all this time at Oklahoma. You, you know all the defensive coordinators in the Big 12, and you just get to know a lot of the personnel on those individual teams, especially on defense. 
you're always going to have a couple, you know, uncommon opponents, non non conference wise. But now you have this new conference where you have to learn all these new coordinators and all these new players. How much time have you spent and how much I mean, is your summer break going to be as normal because you feel a little like there's catch up mode for you as the offensive coordinator? Yeah, it'll be it'll be a little bit less than normal, which I think year ones, that's pretty, you know, I think that's that's pretty standard. Uh, you're right. There is going to be a lot, a lot of new, uh, you know, some some guys that I haven't coached against before, like you said, players that haven't haven't seen before, haven't been on the field before, evaluated before. So, um, you know, luckily we have a really really good staff, a lot of guys that, that I can lean on. That was, uh, I know, one of the big things here was was trying to to have a staff that had a good amount of guys that that see the big picture and, and can help you with, uh, you know, kind of help in that, you know, whether it's devising game plans or understanding how we want to attack people or studying opponents. And so, um, but yeah, no, there's, there's definitely going to be some new, which will be fun, uh, which will be fun. And um, I I think it's, uh, you know, I think there's some really good coaches in this league, some really good defensive coaches and and players, and there's going to be some, some fun challenges, but yeah, I think even through the years and for how many years we were in the big 12, I always look forward to, at times the team getting a new defensive coordinator or, you know, you go play somebody out of, out of the conference or, you know, in a, in a, in a bowl game or a championship game, that's a little bit different. And I think those challenges are, are fun. And uh, so we'll embrace it, dive into it and, uh, you know, be ready to go. That said though, uh, John talk about players. I watched the spring game. Mario Williams was great. Then you add Jordan Addison since then. What excites you the most about having Jordan Addison on your team? Oh, well, I mean, there's obviously some proven production with him. Um, you know, he had a tremendous last year at Pitt. Uh, he's a very, uh, he's just a, he's a very good football player. And I, I love the versatility he brings. Uh, did a lot of really good things last year from, you know, catching the ball underneath and maximizing yards after the catch to also being a, a, a deep threat down the field. And uh, probably my favorite thing about him is he wants to get better. He wants to learn. He wants to grow. Uh, you know, when he when he decided to to make a move, and you sat down and talked to him about you know why would you do this? That was the number one thing. Is I want to I want to keep you know kind of developing and expanding my game, and he felt like this was going to be a good situation to be able to do that. So you know, you always it's always good to have proven players and guys that are talented players, but when they're hungry to get better, even if they've had some real success already, that that's uh, that's that's a that's a great thing, and so we're going to push him to get better, and get him acclimated, and you know would fully expect that he would be an explosive playmaker for this team. How about I mean, I, you know, guy and I watch Caleb Williams, but I think there's a decent amount of people out on the West Coast that might not have a great feel for him. Maybe beside that Texas game where he was incredible, uh, just a little scouting report on on, uh, on your quarterback. Yeah, no, he's he's a, he's a very uh, he's a very talented player. Um, you know, one of the guys that's uh, you know can certainly beat you a lot of different ways, and we're trying to trying to kind of add to that right now as as we uh, continue to build up his skill set and develop him. But um, you know, he's a very talented thrower. Can has the arm strength to make a lot of throws, but the, the arm creativity to to be able to change arm angles and throw on the run and. Um, you know, I think has really developed in the last year or so as a, as a thrower, and and I think has you know got a chance to be really really good in that department. Uh, he's an athletic kid. 
uh, that can run away from people, had a lot of big runs um, in his freshman season, you know, you know, 40, 50 plus yard runs. So he can, he can really hurt people with his legs. And he's, and he's also got a little bit of thickness to him too. So there's some real durability there. So, I mean, skill set wise and talent wise, he has a lot of the things that, that you would want. And he's, uh, you know, he's developing quickly. So I certainly believe his best balls ahead. Well, when was the last time you've had a quarterback that was taller than you? That's <laughs> <laughs> uh, that's that's actually a good question. Jalen Jalen's close, but Jalen and I are. I probably got Jalen by a hair. So it's been a long time, actually. Probably Dominique Davis at ECU. My my first two years as an OC. So it's been a long time. <laughs> well, we know we get you got to get the camp. Co- uh, we get you got to get you off the camp, but we appreciate it. It's always uh, it's great to see you. We're rooting for you, and uh, we appreciate you jumping on with us. Yeah, yeah, thanks so, a lot, Lincoln. All right, fellas. Thank you, guys. Butcherbox.com slash ham and another special deal. Free for a year, you get salmon, chicken breast, or steak tips in every order for a year, plus an additional 20 bucks off right now at butcherbox.com slash ham. Been telling you about it for years. Been eating it. Four years on a regular basis. Easily find high-quality meat and seafood. You can trust 100% grass-fed beef, free-range organic chicken, pork-raised, crate-free, and wild-caught seafood. Always be prepared with meat in the freezer when you get butcherbox.com ham delivered right to your doorstep with free shipping. ButcherBox is offering you Free for a year plus an additional 20 bucks off either salmon, chicken breast, or steak tips in every order for free. Sign up today at butcherbox.com slash ham and use the code ham to choose your free offer for a year plus get $20 off your first order. What's up, everybody? It's your old friend, John Middlecoff. I'm here to tell you about our friends at game time. Here's what I need you to do. Go to your smartphone, download a little app called game time. Baseball season's in full swing. Oracle Park, been there a million times, never doesn't live up to the hype. Go get yourself some garlic fries, a brewski, maybe uh, some ice cream. They have very good Ghirardelli ice cream there. And when you do that, promo code HAM. So download the GameTime app, your first pair of tickets, promo code HAM, H-A-M, save $20. The A's, only going to be in the Bay Area for the rest of this season. You probably can basically go for free. Just buy a pair of tickets to any baseball game. They also have comedy shows if you want to check one of those out, or concerts. Game time app, promo code HAM. Save yourself $20. We don't even need a thank you. Just hammer that promo code. This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.
When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. I think you're on to something there, John. I wish we'd gotten to short quarterbacks earlier in the interview with Lincoln. We'll have to come back. I don't know if it's Arch and Palmer. No. <laughs> Leinart too tall. Leinart's sneaky enormous. You ever been by him? He's big. I have. I've seen him in person. <laughs> what do you think he is? Like 6'4"? Yeah, I think Ish. Carson's bigger, but Carson's humongous. Carson is a mammoth human being. Mammoth human being. If you told me who's bigger, the Mannings or Carson, I might take Carson by a half inch. Well, Peyton would only be the Peyton's bigger than Eli, right? Carson's probably bigger than Eli. I think they're all. I yeah, I, w- I would take Carson over both of them. Eli's yeah. sneaky bigger than you think. It, would it be as funny if two of those guys hadn't been number one overall picks, and the other guy basically got uh, Wally Pip, Carson Wentz, and became a full time starter for a playoff team? Like it's it's funny because these guys are all millionaires and starters. Well, I guess Baker's not. Wait, Carson Wentz, Carson Palmer. Well, I'm saying that Jalen Hurts kind of Wally picked oh. Carson Wentz and got yeah, him yeah. out of town. <laughs> uh, it did work out for him. As t- I mean, kind of. Which one? Wentz. Yeah, financially, it's worked out fine. He keeps I mean, he's still a start. He, he's getting a starting. He's a starting quarterback again in the NFL. He just had to be started in multiple places where Jalen just gets to be a Philadelphia guy. Yeah, but for how long? Well, I mean, big year coming up. Pretty crazy, right? When you think about. Lincoln gets Russell credit for that Wilson because was the exception, right? Yeah. Was there anybody between Russell and Baker really that became that big of a talking point before Baker went number one? No. And then Kyler the next year, and and really leading up to Russell Wilson, the guy hadn't existed, right? Michael Vick, I don't count him because he was like one of the greatest athletes in the history of athletics, right? Because <laughs> he's short. Yeah, yeah that's but true. I, I but him and Russell, I mean, he's Michael Vick was an all time outlier, and he was that was two thousand one. He I mean, came before Russell. Time. Yeah. Yeah, way before Russell. Flutie, Flutie Flakes. Flutie Flakes. Uh, but but you know, it made Baker polarizing as he went number one and won the Heisman. Kyler won the Heisman. Hurts, I mean, Burrow had, you know, the greatest quarterback season of all time, won the Heisman, but Hurts was second that year in the Heisman. Not that it was particularly close. Irony is Baker. Well, I guess Baker was the least heralded, right? Transfer from tech. Kyler was an enormous recruit at AM who left. I mean, that was a big deal for them to get him. Backed up Baker. And even Jalen is probably the least heralded of the guys, obviously, in college. Did start at Alabama for Nick Saban, you know? It's like, where'd they get Jalen from? I don't know. Alabama, multi-year starter? Yeah. (laughs) Like, there haven't been that many guys, I bet, if you look over Saban's run that had multiple years starting. Because there were a lot of, like, one-and-dones after McElroy. Tua was, like, a year and a half. Mac wasn't really that long, right? Yep. I well, guess Max Bryce, started for a Bryce year is going to end up basically. Bryce is going to end up being multiple years. Bryce will be three, a three-year starter. Yeah, two because uh, he backed up Mac. The oh, one he year. backed up Mac last year, and then this year, and then he comes out of this year. Yeah, two-year starter. You're right. God, feels like he's been there for three years just because I don't know, big-time name, um, and also not tall. No. Some of these guys now are not like the guy Lincoln has coming in next year, Malachi Nelson. Who is the number two? Me, his rivals. 
number two quarterback in the class behind Arch Manning. He's six three. I mean, he's tall. He was like he was it. the Oklahoma commit who who then flipped to USC. But who knows? I mean, John, it's June, like yeah. more than a year before these guys. I guess he'll probably show up in January. I I don't know that, but a lot of these we guys didn't ask do. him about him. I, he wouldn't be allowed to talk about him, but it doesn't feel like Lincoln and Arch. Feels like Arch is kind of down to the three or four SEC schools: LSU, yeah. Georgia, Alabama. Yeah. Even though he I think just, he just won on his Alabama, because I know it would be. <laughs> He'd be. I mean, the you guy know, he's getting is not bad. <laughs> so obviously, I mean, it's hard not to love Lincoln Riley to USC. Um, you've interviewed him before. I've interviewed him a couple of times. We know a guy that worked for him uh, at Oklahoma. Well. So we've been we've been trying to get Lincoln on, you know, full disclosure, we've been trying to get Lincoln on this show since going back to before last year at Oklahoma and had made a little headway at Oklahoma. And then, you know, things got a little crazy. And obviously, so we're thankful that we're able to get him here now as the coach of USC. But I mean, he's been one of the biggest stories of 2022, you know, just thinking about some of the stuff he said. And it's not just what he said, but who he is as a guy. I think it's you and I've talked about this a lot what coaches or fits where. And I think when programs are big time programs like USC is, there sometimes is a segment of people that want to hire a guy who is a big personality. And I think that can mean different things because I think Lincoln clearly commands the room that he's in and he is not against being quote unquote promotional, right? Like he says things like the quote that went viral the other day from the Father's Day brunch at crypto.com arena. What would he say? Like get on the rocket or watch us fly by, basically. Yeah. Like he just is not a lot of he's just not a lot of bullshit. But if he believes in what he's doing, which he believes in what he's doing, he'll say that. You know, I think he's a very good mix of believing in what he's doing, saying it, like adapting to what is the current landscape where you have to be willing to, you know, recruit against guys who are going to say a lot of stuff, but also, you know, never feeling like he's, he's full of shit. I think he's got a really good demeanor for USC because there are a lot of things that can create distractions for that program. And he's not a distracted guy. I think the strength of a college football conference and obviously the Pac-12 over the last decade has just clearly fallen behind in terms of their results, not even debatable. And I think a big reason the SEC, obviously their strength was Nick Saban, but he then produced Kirby Smart. They added Jimbo Fisher. Lane Kiffin has now been added. Ed Ogeron, say what you want about him, did win a national championship. They had Dan Mullen, who while he got fired from Florida, had Mississippi State really good for a while. Hugh Freeze, you're only as strong as your coaches. And you need your best program to, typically to have your best coach. And when we were in college, it was Pete Carroll and USC. But th the strength of the conference was really Jeff Tedford was also at Cal, right? Bilotti and Chip Kelly were at Oregon. Jim Harbaugh came into Stanford. They went four or five deep. And I, I think the pressure on Lincoln to lead the charge now, Kyle's done all he can do. I mean, Whittingham, consist Whittingham consistently wins at Utah, has made them a, a top 15 level program. They went toe-to-toe -to -toe with Ohio State in the Rose Bowl. I mean, even in a loss, I'd argue that was their greatest moment in the history of the program. They're gonna go going to go into Gainesville this year as a top six team, probably, week one. And and we know, and you know him, like he's retiring at Utah. So, like, he's given everything he has. He's been there, feels like his entire adult life. But Lincoln 
So it's like he's done all he can. The rest of the conference, they've lost Chris Peterson, right? And that was a big loss. And Washington now is on its second coach since. Oregon, they, they have tried since like the Chip Kelly transition to the league. You know, Helfrich wasn't the guy. The Tagger thing was kind of a disaster. He left because he's a Southern guy. Mario, you couldn't ask much more from Mario. You would like probably a little bit in-game coach, but the relevancy and how passionate he was for the program, to me, that was fine. But he left, and now they're replacing him with a guy, which I will say this. If Lincoln wins and has success, which it feels inevitable, the only place he's leaving for is like the Rams or the Dallas Cowboys. Like this is – he he turned down LSU from Oklahoma. So it's like he's at USC – to attempt to win national championships, and if that won't work out, he'll be in the pros. So this is a destination job for him, like Kyle Whittingham. To me, Lanning, like Oregon, might just churn the wheel. Who knows? But the pressure on Lincoln Riley guy, I, I don't think it's really arguable for the conference, and football pays the bills is immense. Now, this is where I think you feel good about it. He's used to immense pressure. The guy coached at fucking Oklahoma, where I would say this year – you know, it felt like underwhelming and they won 10 games, right? So it's just, you know, he ended up not coaching the bowl game because Stoops took over when he left. But like, that was a letdown. So whenever you're part of that, like I think he knows standards of Heisman Trophy, standards of first rounder, standards of competing in the playoffs, which to me, USC, just get to the playoffs. I actually think he'll have a better chance recruiting wise to make hay in the playoffs because he can get defensive linemen at USC and and defensive players, if he recruits the right ones, that he probably could not have got at Oklahoma. Yeah, and I think that, that what you're talking about, that pressure had, had to be part of the attraction of the job for him. Like at Oklahoma, he reached great heights, right? Went to the playoff. But several, several times. But he didn't, you know, he gets a lot of credit. He didn't build it though, right? Stoops, when he took over, and that was a different kind of pressure. Take over from Bob Stoops, who just won the Sugar Bowl, went eleven and two, went eleven and two the year before. I mean, Stoops before Stoops' run before Lincoln took over. 11, 11, 8, 11, 10, 10, 12, 8, 12, 11, 11, 8, 12, 12, 12, 11, 13. Never had back to back single digit winning seasons. Bob Stoops. Never. Oklahoma football is one of the most successful programs in the history of college athletics. So I don't see that this is any more pressure for Lincoln Riley than what he was under before. It's just different. And it's a different opportunity because he's going to get 100% of the credit right away if they win a bunch of football games. And he'll have to. Look at what he's done to the roster. 20 transfer portal guys. This goes back to he folded Baker into the mix. He folded Kyler into the mix. He folded Jalen into the mix. Now, this is also bigger. Like This is about defense. But I'm serious. I think he's got six starting offensive linemen for five spots right now, guys who have played. I don't think it's going to be one of the great offensive linemen, uh, offensive lines in SC history, but it's, it's, Mac, I was talking to Max Brown a few months ago. He said it's more than sufficient to be a good college football program. I, I like, I think Max Brown does a pretty good job whenever I see some of his stuff. Yeah. Right? Max I, think is good. Knows, I did a couple spring games with him. Sharp guy. Um, I think their defense is just, it's going to come down to their defense. And they've full, they've, they've flipped that. They've got, Transfer from Auburn, defensive end, Romello Height, Shane Lee, linebacker, transfer from Alabama, transfer corner from Oklahoma, transfer corner, Makai Blackman from Colorado, Eric Gentry, linebacker, who was a freshman All-American last year at ASU. So part of this is like, okay, coaches, coaches, can they coach this thing fast enough to be ready to roll year one? 
it's a little different because Mario played at Miami, but it's similar. And and obviously Lincoln is a Texas guy, went to Texas Tech, but it's similar in the fact that the, the, there are certain programs and I think Oregon battled this a little bit, like with Willie Tagger and Helfrich. And then like, and then I think Mario embraced it. All the former players loved him. It is important to me at the big boy programs where your former players are really, really famous to have early on, you know, I don't care how, what your resume is to have their support. And you, you could argue, even if it wasn't Lincoln Riley, it could have been Brian. It could have been just a, another successful coach. They would have got the support given where they were coming from. But I would say it feels over the top with Liner, with Reggie, with Carson, with just some of their famous guys uh, having Lincoln in the mix. And I, I, that matters, man. I, I, I And a program that's just just falling on rough times and but is so important not just to our landscape out here in west coast football but let's face it like i I think if usc can be good to go along with the alabamas the georgias the ohio states and the michigans oklahoma and texas obviously texas kind of sucks but i mean i talked to a buddy in the league that's like they're going to be a lot better they've got a lot of transfers too like it's going to be hard for them to continue to suck it's just good for college football yeah you know and and so to me the support he has and i know it's hard to quantify that I, I do think it, it has really mattered for just the uh, the positivity around the brand. I think you have to be kind of inept to not be able, if you're a new coach, to reach out to the alums and get some of them on your side. Like we see it all the time where alums are like, we want our guy. And then within three weeks, as long as the new guy that got hired just reaches out to him and tells him he wants them and they're welcome to practice. Like, you know, we were mad at first, but we're on board with Jed Fish. Like, it just... <laughs> hey, guys, I got you tailgate. I got seven kegs out there, and all you guys get sideline passes. Everyone gets sideline passes. That's all you nailed it. Sideline passes is all yeah. you need. But what's different about Lincoln, <laughs> Lincoln wouldn't have had to pick up the phone once, and they'd be like, we just got Lincoln Riley. Well, isn't that what happened? People like right. Lincoln Riley don't get hired places because they're at places where they don't leave because they're top five coaches. But I think what you're talking about, when your alums are... It'd be one thing if he went to a place that wasn't Southern California and all his alums were on board. But all those alums, a lot of them played high school football in Southern California. They're connected to their Southern California football programs. Maybe they have kids who play on travel teams who they have top prospects on their teams. Like to me, it just gets you to the when your alums are all in on you. It gets you to your recruiting base so fast. It opens doors for you. And again, high schools in Southern California have had open doors for Lincoln Riley. He recruited Southern California before. I think it just gets, especially when your guys are cool, when it's Matt Liner and there's some high school kid in Southern California going, yeah, I love Matt Liner or Reggie Bush. I love Reggie Bush. Reggie Bush, in our lives, it's Reggie Bush or Tim Tebow, the biggest deals in college football. Like those are the two. And it's amazing to me, Reggie still has that pull for guys who did not grow up watching him because he's cool in any era. It's hard to be cool in any era, right? Like, yeah. I am pro Mad Dog when it comes to the Bob Cousy argument with J.J. Redick. But it's just most guys, like MJ is just cool in any era. It's hard for a basketball player from the 60s to be cool in the 2020s, right? Reggie Bush is just, you watch his highlights, you go, I don't care what. In 2050, those highlights are still going to be obvious. Well, I think a lot great. of people feel like, God, can you imagine if he played now? It'd be like watching if Steph Curry had played better. the 90s. You're like, he was born to play now. You know, yeah, Reggie, I, 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 I'm with you. I, I just think that 
this program, I mean, I'm on a text chain with a bunch of people at Fresno State guys that all want to go to this game. You know, USC, Fresno State, whatever week, t- was it week three? Week three, yeah. And like, I, I, no chance half the people on the text chain would even be remotely interested if it, if Clay Hilton was the coach. You know, right. it's 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 as much that Fresno might be good as much like USC matters now. Like that game matters, dude. It's about if we win it, it it'll look what it'll do for us. <laughs> yeah. Right. And I think that's why USC being good is so important to the Pac-12. It's not just about them going Painter, to the college playoff. <laughs> Two big stars, that's, man. That, that, that's a bit. That's a big quarterback match. Lincoln Riley right? and Jake Hanner both been on the podcast now. <laughs> it's true. Uh it's not just about you going to the playoff. It's about when you play a league game. Like, think about for Clemson, none of their league games matter. Like, part of it is you don't want all your big games to be non-conference games. Like, well, that's, for, that's why Clemson – I mean, in a weird way, Clemson is rooting for Mario to be good, right? 100%. You want it to mean something when you win a game in November. I know. Like, when the Pac-12 went to 12, Stanford and Oregon, I don't you remember that Stanford Oregon for like 4 years was an was a ABC big time this is the game, right? That was it. The league went through Stanford Oregon. Like that was big for the league. But right now, who does the league really go through, right? Like w- would you say on year, paper right now there's a clear top it goes 3 through Utah? Would you say there's a clear top three, Utah, USC, and Oregon on paper for this season for the Pac-12? Yeah, and then I think right now kind of there's a fourth UCLA. It's just kind of right there as a fourth. You'd put UCLA in that crew of teams talent-wise? No, no, I'd put them fourth. I'd put them on a separate tier on their own. Gotcha. Yeah. Those so, I mean, the, it's, fa- it's fair to say the conference Those is Those three wild, I think but... will be top 15 preseason. Yeah. I mean, is it inconceivable that one of those three top teams 18. makes the playoff? No, I mean, I think right now you'd have to – Utah just has all these guys back from that Rose Bowl. Utah has almost everybody – now they did lose a first-round linebacker, but they've got almost everybody else back from a team that went to the Rose Bowl last year. And, and, and I mean, probably one of their better quarterbacks they've ever had, right, from a throwing perspective. Yeah, they just – coordinators are back, quarterback coaches back, coaches, coaches rolling, they're rolling. Yeah. They just got to be – they got to win at Florida week one. If they win at Florida week one, they'll be a top th- – They'll be top four at least going into week does, two. Does top. Oregon and USC play this year? No. Does Oregon and Utah play? Yes. So Utah plays them both. Utah plays them both. So that's a disadvantage for Utah. Because but if but if, but if Utah can win that week one Florida game, even if Florida's an eight win team, that's an incredible win on the road. Yep. You did you tell me they're they're like a couple point underdog or are they favored? No, no. I think it's a pick 'em or they're like a one point favorite. Auburn so it's not like there's going like to be a, some little engine that could go into no, that game. No. But Florida has that running quarterback that didn't really play last year. Everyone got mad at Dan Mullen for not playing him, who just, I don't think many people have seen him, but he was like an elite recruit. Like, just who, if the guy is sweet, could be a problem. Billy Napier can coach. Yeah. Pretty it's going to be 117, you know, humidity. It's going to be hot. So you you would say USC's non-conference. I mean, the Fresno game is not going to be easy, but they're going to be favored in that game. They have Rice, and who's their other game? Always Notre Dame. Oh, yeah. At the Who, end of the year, last game of the year. You know, it's pretty good. Yeah, but that's the last game of the year. Like, can you get there? Yeah. You know, they play Utah on the road. That'll be a sweet game. God, there are a lot of new coaches at big programs, huh? Around think the country? Yeah. Yeah. I was just thinking, like, Marcus Freeman versus Lincoln Riley versus Dan Lanning. Brian you know, Kelly. 
you got these guys at these major top 15 programs all over the country. It's pretty nuts when you think about it. I guess Sark's been there a year, but I mean, yeah. just that little Feels trio. Or- Oregon's got a new coach. Miami's got a new coach. Uh, SC's got L- a new coach. LSU's got a new coach. Florida's got a new coach. I mean, <laughs> these teams play tend to play in big games, right? Florida State's year two, right? Is that year two for Norvell? Yeah. What's his deal? It's a big year for him. Kind of it was weird last year. Was it's it year weird three job. or year two? Uh, might be year three. 2020, 2020. Yeah, year three. Would you say that Lanning's landing spot was much easier than Lincoln? Like had less work to do, just inherited a roster. I remember Mario saying like we've, the cupboards are pretty full here. Well, there we got a lot of Specifically, I think if you show up and your defense is legit, it's stacked. That feels like you have a better chance right away than if your offense is stacked. Would you agree with that? Like your defense is just. And he's a defensive coordinator from Georgia. Probably recruited a lot of those kids. Like they're def- if they're good on defense, you're just going to be in every game. They have probably the best linebacker combo they've ever had in the history of the program. Who's their quarterback? Well, it's probably going to be Bo Nix. So you know, has not been prolific necessarily, but he played in major big time SEC games. Wasn't he the quarterback? Against Oregon. Justin Herbert's senior year? Freshman, remember? They kept showing his dad. It was like, there's whatever his dad's name is. So there's way worse options to have than Bo Nix, your starting quarterback, year one with a really good defense. And the other thing that's crazy in the Pac-12. He can run a little, too. Like he he's, can move. Yeah, he's athletic. He kind of looks Herbert-ish. He's not as tall, right? But he wears 10. Just kind of. Is one of Lanning's, is his co- offensive coordinator, did he have Auburn ties or something? His offensive coordinator was the QB coach at Auburn, Bo Nix's freshman year. So he's coaching gotcha. them. That's what's crazy in the Pac-12 this year, John. You've got new quarterbacks, new coaches in spots that they've worked together. Like Cam Ward is Washington State's coach. College football is like the NFL. Like, you know, when a coordinator leaves, he brings that player. When a guy gets a head coaching so, job, he brings a couple of his guys. Like, it's just, college Eric, football is no different than the National Football League. Eric Moore. No, you're right. You just, but you bring like a backup with you in the NFL. Yeah. Like, I, let college, me get a guy to help. I'll take this guy. I'll take this guy and this, these two guys. In, the, in college, you bring your starter. <laughs> Eric Morris, who's Washington State's OC, was a receiver at Texas Tech when Lincoln Riley was there. He was the head coach for Cam Ward in Division II. Now they're together at Washington State. So the quarterback and the OC were together as head coach quarterback last year somewhere else. Where did, the, where did that Hawaiian gunslinger go at Washington State? Jaden Delora went to Arizona. He's going to be Jed Fish's quarterback. Don't I mean I remember you telling me like could Arizona not be terrible? Their schedule they tough. still really young. They're really young. I don't know how good their defense is going to be. They did win one game last year <laughs> against Cal when Cal had a bunch of COVID guys out. Remember? It was weren't like, they missing like eighteen starters? Of the yeah, it was like the quarterback, their <laughs> offensive line, and they still it still came down to the wire. Was the final score like seventeen to fifteen or something? Yeah, it was not a great game. <laughs> Washington is Kalen DeBoer. His quarterback, Michael Penix, maybe was at Indiana with him. Coming off an ACL, I think, though. Yeah, it might be a second. I mean, he's major, yeah. has had a couple major injuries. Yeah, um, Hainer said not so fast. K- Caleb, Caleb and Lincoln together. And there's one other combination of guys. Washington, Washington State is two. Oregon, oh, Oregon is three. USC is four. I thought there was one more. Arizona, no. Arizona State, no. 
Emory Jones from Florida's Arizona State's quarterback. Uh, UCLA, no. Colorado, no. So maybe it's that four, but still pretty crazy. I'd say, is it fair to say with Lincoln, it's just the most anticipated Pac-12 season? I mean, a large part is, you know, Oregon and Utah have been big time, but now adding these guys back to the mix in yeah. a long time. I think it's the biggest headline hire, the Pac-12, the biggest hire, like at the moment of the hire that the Pac-12's ever had. Now, Pete Carroll turned out to be, you know, I'm not saying yeah. it's bigger Harbaugh than Harbaugh turned out to be great, but he was exactly. coming from San Diego. I'm just saying at the moment of the hire, it's the biggest Chip, hire. Chip Kelly was had. from New Hampshire, guy. You're right. Like, you'd be like, well, how are they bigger than Chip Kelly, Jim Harbaugh, and Pete Carroll? Because remember, Pete Carroll was like at the, the first choice. Of the hire, that's all. At the moment Pete of the Carroll hire. was not the first choice. It was like seventh. It was seventh. It was a big deal. I mean, it is, it is a big deal. It's a very big deal. And hence the reaction from the program, right? That he you left. think Lincoln's not worried about LA traffic when you asked him about it because someone else is driving him? No, I, I do think he I say, remember he where I commute. I stayed in Manhattan Beach where a lot of these guys live. Uh, and I remember when I scouted, you could take the back roads and not. I guess you don't have to go on the 405. Yeah, I think it's I think it's a 110. Little, I don't know L.A. highways that well. I do think it's a little less avoidable up north where UCLA is. But I, I think it is. You can take the back rows. Again, Link, Lincoln ain't getting to the office at 830. So. He did look pretty casual when we talked to him. Like a, I mean, like a, for those of you not watching, it was like a Henley. Is that what that's called? Like the button up, no collar. He was yeah, going, he just, I was texting Katie, his SID texted me during the interview. I guess he was going to a football camp. I don't know if it was a youth camp or a high school camp or what kind of camp it was going out to, but that's what he was about to do. Another thing is, and I, this happens in the NFL sometimes, but it just doesn't last long because when it's really shitty, the guy just gets fired. In college, in basketball and football, because a guy might have some equity, AD might be in flux, you just might not have the budget. You can get to this period where a coach can last longer than he probably should, and it can get so negative. The SEC, I would say, is somewhat rare. Like the moment it gets negative, they just McElwain, uh, uh, Chiswick, Ed Ogeron, Chiswick, you just get fired. Most mid year, they, they just blow you out. In the Big Ten, you can last. Definitely in the Pac-12, it had got, I would say, pretty ugly. Just the negativity surrounding this program. Like, I mean, it, yeah. it had really, really gotten bad. Like, it's to, one to thing to fire a coach bad. midseason. They fired Clay Helton week two, I think it was. God. It's one thing to get fired in November or get fired and then they let you finish the year like Ed. He got fired like – in. he definitely got fired in September – Ed September won his last game. Ed beat Texas A&M. Last I know. Ever Everyone hated him, but somehow they found a way. Ed also had won a natty two years ago, right? I mean, Clay, it had it had yeah, been yeah, really, really bad. I mean, Clay's claim to fame years. was like his first year with Sam Darnold, <laughs> and uh, so you could argue also there is he's the the bar honestly couldn't be much lower, right? For Lincoln, not that he would care, like, but it's it's pretty low, not. He's but it's weird, right? Because if he wins eight games, he'd be like, yeah, but we really want to win 10. Yeah, there. that's where I'm saying there is pressure on them. What What would feel – I'd say eight would be underwhelming because you're losing a couple Pac-12 games probably. Yeah, but I think eight – like if you win eight games um, – I think I think, I think nine would probably be the sweet spot. Of, like, I, I think eight, people happy people talk about eight and a half, kind of the over-under, and I – you know – 
part of it's like, how does it look at eight? But I think if you said right now, nine, it doesn't really quite matter how it looks. It's just going to look pretty solid. And then you feel pretty good going to the next year if you can find a way to win nine games. What, what Rice, would your prediction be based on just two, three, all four, the transfers? Uh, I'd say one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight. Yeah, it's easy to get to eight. And then it's like, do you beat Stanford? Uh, do you beat Utah? Do you beat UCLA? Do you beat Notre Dame? You what do you do Fresno with State? Let me rattle these off, John, for you. Just like with, yeah, I mean, Rice, Fresno State, Oregon State. Jonathan Smith been on the show. Could be a good game. They won there last year for the first time since like 1966 or whatever. Won there. I kicked their ass. ASU, Washington State, Arizona, Cal, Colorado. So that's eight if you get all those games. Now, you could argue, well, Oregon State's going to be tougher than, you know, Stanford. That might be the game. You shouldn't give them Oregon State. You should give them Stanford a week, too. I don't know. Um, but however you want to break it down, like, do you beat Notre Dame? Do you beat UCLA? Do you beat some? Do you beat Utah? Do you beat either Stanford or Oregon State or Washington State? Who could be better this year. Where so, Where yeah, is I the Utah? Where is the Utah game? In Utah. That that thing's going to be a big boy game potentially. Yeah, right. That's a big boy game. I would imagine that it'll pl- be major, probably under the lights. That place is going to be apeshit. That might be. I we could look at the week seven schedule. That could be your your like evening ABC game. I would say, I mean, that's a big deal for Lincoln and USC. He might approach that thing like the Super Bowl. I'm talking Whittingham about will Whittingham. too. Yeah. <laughs> no, I'm yeah. talking Kyle Whittingham. Yeah, yeah, that yeah. Is, this guy, they just gave all this money. He's an offensive guy. This is my conference. I'd I'm heard that everyone's like asked. once upon a time, SC was interested in Kyle. And then we're like, nah, we're good. Like kind of said no to him. Ooh. Kyle's kind of been kicking their ass for a while, right? Kicking Oregon's ass. Like it is kind of his conference right now. It's there's it not kinda. It's his conference, <laughs> and it's in a. It's I hope David like, Shaw and Stanford can get it back. That would be big for the Pac-12. Well, you did their back. spring game. Are they any good? We'll see. I mean, they got some pretty talented receivers. Emmett Smith, good kid, right? They're running back. EJ Smith will be their running back. He good. They just they got to be able to stop. I think so, but they got to. They haven't. They couldn't stop the run last year. That was well. Problem. I remember Barry Sanders. We thought he was going to be the Barry Sanders, the next Barry Sanders, and he wasn't quite as good. Yeah, I don't think he was as good a prospect as Emmett is. But that's his name, Emmett Smith Jr. Yeah. That'd be pretty cool if they're good, like him playing. Like, that'd be a big deal, right? Like, social media going. Well, he's going to be playing. Oh, you think he's good? Yeah. Yeah. I'm just saying, like, people, that's an easy story to get behind. Like, Emmett Smith's kid plays at Stanford. Yeah. I mean, that's not exactly like, you know, Mozart's cousin. You know, that's a, this is, I I don't know where Emmett, isn't Emmett Smith the all time leading rusher? Uh, he is, John. <laughs> so, so uh, you know those fucking cowboy. I mean, shit, a picture of Tony Romo bending over in a golf course goes viral. A cowboy can, like, just eat a sandwich, and it's like, oh, you see uh, Jay Novacek online? You know, just boom. Jay <laughs> Novacek online? <laughs> well, I'm just saying it's crazy the power of the cowboy cool. players, isn't it? Yeah. I'm excited to watch. I honestly, I just haven't watched Stanford that much the last couple of years. It's been so terrible. Yeah, they haven't been good, and they got a highly touted quarterback. Yeah. I get a lot of. I got a couple DMs from like, uh, I'm a Kentucky alum. What are your sources telling me? Like, there's just a lot of buzz when you get put on those lists. You know, obviously Stroud about and, Will uh, Levis and Scangarello. Is that what you're talking and about? And Bryce. Yeah, but I'm just saying about the Kentucky quarterback and the Stanford quarterback. 
People are just very because NFL team. Like if I'm the Lions, I'm a diehard Lions fan. I'm as interested in like those four guys as I am my own team. Right. Right. So like you, some of the if your team is really shitty, like if you're a Giants fan, you start transitioning to Saturdays. Like who are the three guys I need to keep an eye on? And when you get put on the early list of a McShay, a Kuiper, a whoever, like you're on that top four or five, like you're just people are keeping tabs on you. Yeah, and the Stanford guy was on that list with the Kentucky gut list right behind uh, Stroud and Bryce, which I do think Bryce. Once you watch Georgia's entire uh, program get drafted on defense, you're like that guy's pretty good. I watched that guy go toe to toe with him. Yeah, I love college football. God, I damn. know. <laughs> Amen, brother. All right, yeah, I love the NFL, but college football is something special about it. Remember how Liner did he say fight on in the interview? I don't think he did. I don't think he did. Yeah, you know how you always they used to get on the uh, the ladder and grab with the the, with the sword. Yeah, start swaving it after they kick some shit out of somebody. (laughs) All right, Uh, tell your friends and your enemies you heard Lincoln Riley on Haberman and Middlecoff. We should make bumper stickers. I heard Lincoln Riley on Ham. Adios. I like how his uh, his name, by the way, for those of you that weren't watching, his name on the screen was just LR. Didn't Easy. say Lincoln, it was just LR. Yeah. What do you think the – I kept calling him Lincoln, you a coach. I mean, I don't know. Is there right or wrong? You know, Dion gets no. mad when you go no, Dion. No, I think like I, – I, like I like a good Lincoln. I view him name. as a peer, you know. I mean, we're just in the same age name. group. <laughs> Income bracket, a little what different. What are you up to? I'm just going on podcast, help my peers. <laughs> <laughs> Not in the same income bracket, but uh, buddies. You know, not actually. I don't even know them, but <laughs> I know some people that know them. They tell me. I don't know. <laughs> I graduated in 02. They graduated in 03. This is the story of the one. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. All right. Thanks for hanging with us, everybody. Later.